This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network, tsfpn.com. Requiem of the Outcast, Episode 25, for November 2005. Welcome to Requiem of the Outcast and the Grave Reviews of Independent Media. This month we'll be talking about all kinds of horror in memory of the holiday that's passed on. And now it's time to tickle your funny bone. Funny bone? Hell, I've got three. I keep them all in jars on my desk. <laughs> hey, you. Yeah, you. We know you're out there. Rejects from society. Artists. Writers. Poets. Filmmakers. Get off the couch. Make something. The world is waiting to hear your voice. And so are we. We are... The Requiem of the Outcast. Are you an outcast? Hello, I'm Earl Newton, and I am uh, co-hosting the show today, as you probably noticed, because I've done it before. And with me always is... Rich! Hello. Wow, you know, those intros aren't as easy as I thought they'd be. I've had a whole learning experience today, as far as it goes with audio, with live audio in that kind of world. Well, I told you, and I mean, it's it's just easier to take the Garth standpoint and just look petrified at the camera or the microphone or what have you. Are you calling me Garth? No, I'm just saying it's a hell of a lot easier to be that. I would never call you Garth. Although Garth did have his finer points. <laughs> but that's not what today's show is about, sadly. Today's show is actually... Garth will be next month. Today's show this month, we're going to be doing a very similar subject... Horror. <laughs> in case you didn't notice by the opening, that was the Crypt Keeper. Now, the reason why the Crypt Keeper was nice enough to come in and open up the episode was because this month we're going to be focusing on horror. Now, I know what you're saying. You're saying, self, it's November. What's the deal? And we're, I would be saying that, too. We're but celebrating see, the Canadian Halloween, though. The, <laughs> it's, uh, the holiday is on October 31st. However, it's observed in some other countries... In November. A lot of people didn't know. <laughs> I thought you were uh, going to say, it's observed whenever we want to. It's it's a Jewish uh, form of Halloween, the 12 Jewish days of candy. <laughs> 12 uh, days of candy. Also, it, it, it's Halloweenica. It's Halloween. <laughs> 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 so on Halloweenica, make hot Halloweenica. This, yep. this episode is now dubbed the Halloweenica episode. <laughs> the whole <laughs> oh. They got 12 crazy nights. Oh. Uh, <laughs> today, light your first pumpkin. See, so you have 12 pumpkins. Laid you out. have to light 12 pumpkins during Halloween. Mm-hmm. right. And Each, then uh, you spin the... Um, it's the same dreidel, only it's made out of human flesh. Exactly. Wow, that's morbid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kosher. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew that Rob Zombie was Jewish, huh? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> House of a Thousand Rabbis. House of a Thousand Torahs. That's right. <laughs> Oi, let me tell you. 
Oi. And they, and they can't <laughs> That's what the ghosts... Whatever they do. <laughs> That's what the ghosts say. Oi. Oh, good lord. Anyway, so, yes, yeah, so um, this episode is the Holowanica episode. We're going to be talking horror. Let's move on. <laughs> We're 15 minutes in, and all we've been able to say is, today's about horror. That's scary. Oh, oh my lord. god, Holowanica. That's it. That's right, Holowanica is now an official holiday, much like Winterinemus is thanks to Tim Buckley and... Uh, Control out the lead, exactly. web comic. So kids, go out there, dress in your Halloween Halloweenica. And, and we already have one song because we can just take Adam Sandler's song and change exactly. So first topic today, Rich, guide us through if you would. In our first segment of Halloweenica goodness, we're going to talk a little bit about Zombified.com. Mm. Now, you might think that that is spelled with a Z, <laughs> as I did. But see, huh? This is where the guy's clever. It's not. James <laughs> Farr, not any relation to Jamie Farr, as far as I know. <laughs> Just what I was thinking, actually. <laughs> Which is the same thing I thought when I first saw it. Uh, it's actually zombified with an X. So it's X-O-M-B-I-F-I-E-D dot com. And what it is, it's a phenomenal Flash cartoon. It's only got about six episodes out now. Mm. And it's been around for a couple of years. Uh James Farr, of course, is one of those guys who does everything. He writes it, he and draws it, animates it. He does everything but the voices on it. James and Farr course, is one of those men I hate. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Renaissance man that doesn't look like Danny DeVito. That's right. Um, he does since he does everything himself. Obviously, it takes a very long time to do it. He's also a website slash animator uh, or web designer slash animator for. Uh, some company, but I don't remember what it is. They've got a really sweet website. Anyway, I'm going to scratch that. Um, Way to research. <laughs> I, no, I thought I had it written down, but I deleted it earlier. Awesome. That's funny. But Jay's far, obviously, since he does everything himself, he isn't able to get the episodes out too often. He has uh, Mr. Jeff Edwards as well as Eric Smith, who do the voices for the various characters. And when it comes across, it sounds professional. It sounds amazing like they're doing it in a in a sound studio. The animation is fluid. Now, you do see a progression of both drawing and animation style. This guy has gotten better over the years. Mm-hmm. And, and I, it really I, shows you know how long it's taken him to do these. Well, it can take sometimes up to about 5 months to do an episode. Wild. I'll tell you what, when I first saw it, and this this might not be the best comparison because but the, but let's say the professional level, when I first saw it, the, the first thing I thought was Clone Wars. Hmm. Yes, it is very... Well, it's not necessarily the style that uh, no, but, but did. No, the, but the, the... Yeah, it, it, just the the, um, the mood of it, in some mm-hmm. ways. Kind of a, like if Tim Burton had done Clone Wars, that's what this movie would be. Exactly. That, that's a good, good reference. Well, like I said, that uh, since this is all done uh, by him, he does have ways for fans to contribute via shirts... He has t-shirts for sale. And because it does take a while for these episodes to be completed, he's got a mailing list so you can get on there and find out when new episodes are coming out, which is something that I subscribed to as soon as I found it. This is, I've just been a big fan of this series for a long time. In his fact, he describes why he does it. And one of the points is something that I think should be adhered to by any creator on the online. Mm-hmm. He's got four reasons. The first one is to give him a fun, creative outlet that forces him to keep improving 
and fine-tuning his work, which I think is something that, you know, hey, we all want to get better. And as we get more experience, we get better. Um, you, of course, I'm sure have noticed that w- with your filmmaking. Sure. Oh, I have no question. You, you feel things locking into place. You know, you really feel like things start to, like a stone, they start to get polished and fit together better. You mixed metaphors there, didn't you? No, I it didn't. Gets it polished was... like a rock and fits better. No, like stones. I've never that, seen a rock stones that like puzzle. would fit into like a Chinese puzzle. Shut up! I didn't. Oh, see, you're bringing culture into it. See, I was just assuming that you were as worldly as I. Uh, an assumption I shall no longer make. <laughs> sir, sir. From chapter seven of my book, saving your own butt. <laughs> On Halloweenica, you are really bringing up the bar. You are raising the bar, sir. Bringing more culture into the show, something I never would have thought of. See, Thank th- you, sir. <laughs> See, that's one of the traditions of Halloweenica kids, is to give all your friends left-handed compliments. <laughs> sir, I say thank you, sir. Uh, sir, for a fat girl, you do not sweat much. <laughs> wow. Uh, that was like when I was growing up, that was always my mother's thing. Whenever you're going to give somebody a left-handed compliment, her example was always, well, for a fat girl, you don't sweat much. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, just my mother's pain. That's great. (laughs) Point two is to create a world, a mythology, and a group of characters that people actually care about and connect with, which I've been following this, like I said, for a couple years now. I want to find out what happens to these guys. Uh, There's enough mystery to where at the end of each episode you want to find out what's coming up next. Mm. Now, here's the big point for me, even though I (laughs) I don't really live it as often as I'd like to. But to prove, and this is number three, to prove that it is possible to create something cool, original, and entertaining without resorting to obscenities, crass humor, and stick figure gore. Wow, that, that, you know, that totally excludes my entire contribution to the show. I know. (laughs) Including stick figure gore. (laughs) And that's not just Al Gore's anorexic daughter. Oh, good one. They don't. Knocking the demos. All right. Little and of to course, the left, little to the right. Okay, go ahead. And of course, the greatest reason is to facilitate an elaborate excuse to draw monsters and zombies all day long. Oh, yes. Which, of course, with the story, we don't know exactly what happened. All we know is that some devastating zombie virus has happened all over the planet. And our hero, Dirge, has come across a young girl who Zoe is somehow immune to what's going on, and Dirge kind of goes against the grain and, you know, kind of takes the girl in and does what he can to try to help her get through this wacky, crazy world. Now, of course, they meet all kinds of folks, and uh, Dirge has a dog with him, which is really cool, which is handy. And there's also a chick named Nephethus, who has raptors with her as pets, which is kind of scary. So, apparently... Yes. Yeah. So apparently there has been some kind of... The virus has also brought back dinosaurs, I guess. But... That virus must get up early in the morning. Yes, it does, <laughs> sir. <laughs> the early... Hey, the early zombie virus gets the dinosaur. I mean, come on. That's Don't you remember that old children's song from the sea? <laughs> Seven little chipmunks <laughs> swinging on a branch. Eating lots of sunflowers on my uncle's ranch. You know that old children's tale from the sea? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I have to mention that in this guy's frequently asked questions, he has got the most terrific last question answer, which is someone. One of the frequently asked questions being, 
You should stop now. Your story is full of holes. Your dialogue is stupid, and I just don't get it. I hope you die a slow, painful, humiliating death, jerk. And then his answer is, I'm sorry no one is watching your Flash cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. It's like, <laughs> oh, thank you for emailing me. There you go. <laughs> That's right. A little <clears throat> to you, buddy. <laughs> now, of course, like, like I said before, that this uh, has six episodes that are available online, which, of course, the website will be in the show notes. However, found on a press release on the Zombified website, the zombie property the zombie property has been optioned by an actual real-life Hollywood producers who make actual real-life Hollywood movies, which means, at long last, after almost a year of phone calls, contracts, trips to L.A., there will be a fully animated zombie movie. Uh, let me say that again. A fully animated zombie movie. Let me say that again. Never mind. It just feels so good to say it. Uh, the movie itself has been in development for well over a year, and as of today, whenever this was actually written, it has finally gone into production with co-producer Wet Sand Animation Studios, which can be found at wetsandanimation.com at the helm. You can see pictures on their website. Um, at let's see, the official production site is zombie.ca, which of course is x o m b i e dot c a. Um, now the movie itself, it's going to go from chapter one through chapter ten in a single seventy-minute stroke of awesomeness. As, I love uh, the way they he said, said that. I, I love that too. That was a great way to say it. Um, now, of course, he is not uh, doing all of the animating. Uh, they're going to have some pros do it because they'll be able to get it faster and they know some tricks and whatnot. Um, he's going to be uh, James Farr is going to be writing the script and, as he says, making a general nuisance of himself. He's producer and co-director on the project. Um, some of the characters may look a little different, uh, may look a little change, and uh, or may look a, may encounter a little bit of a change, but they have got some absolute pros working on it. So, me personally, I'm looking forward to seeing this, man, because I've been a huge fan of the cartoon for as long as I've known about it, and as long as it's been around, and just the fact that this could be on the big screen is phenomenal. Much like uh, Undercover Brother started as an online Flash cartoon. And the creator uh, <laughs> used to work at Fox Studios, knew some folks, uh, showed them the property, and they dug it. And so they made a, a, actually a really funny movie out of it. I love Undercover Brother. I think it's a funny movie. Um, I, I to me, and this just really goes back to what we were talking about before. Uh, you know, we were, we were talking about where is the next great uh, geek franchise going to come from? Now, this might not be the next great great geek franchise, but we see how you had said before, it's all going to come from the internet, and that's exactly what's happening here. Everything's coming from the internet. They're they're going and finding what really works, and they're bringing it out there. The internet is the new Hollywood in that sense. You know, you don't have to go to Hollywood to sell a script anymore. So absolutely, and one of the greatest uh, inventions for that is the is video blogging. Mm. If you really want to know what's going down, video blogging, which is something that we're going to cover on an upcoming show. Um, Rocket Boom is one of the major heavy hitters in the video blogging uh, universe. It's basically a very uh, it's very much like the Daily Show, mm. only uh, it's it's shorter. It's only like five minutes every day. They put a, one episode out. It's not a parody and it's not a knockoff of the Daily Show. I cannot express that enough. 
because it, it is it's original. They come up with some off the wall stuff. Sometimes it's whatever's going on in the world. It's usually got some kind of a humorous slant. Uh, they do lean anti Bush a lot, um, which you know uh, I just kind of skip past those parts. But beyond that, it is very funny. It is a funny show, and uh, Amanda Congdon, holy crap, she is hot. So, which is another reason to tune in, and that's RocketBoom.com. Um, and of course, I also suggest that you put it in a video aggregator, much like Fire Ant. That's right, www.getfireant.com. God, they got to pay me for that. In Chapter 11 of Rich's book, he teaches how you can make extra money on the side by pitching people's work. How to not make money by pitching other people's work without them knowing about it. That's right. That, that was going to be Chapter 7 <laughs> of my book, How Not to Make Money by Not Telling Them About It. <laughs> anyway, so Zomify.com, uh, you guys should go check that out because it is awesome, and the artwork is unbelievable. Rich, of course, being totally locked into everything media hooked me onto this and it's just it's an awesome series you guys can check it out speaking of flash animations and oh. scary things oh. now here's really the only hard the only actual scary thing in this episode I'll just give you a heads up on that one but uh, www.scary.net now that is scary with a K why can't anybody spell things straight we got zombified with an X scary with a K anyway that's because it's the show cooler notes. cool with a K exactly <laughs> it's Kewler, <laughs> K-E-W-L-E-R. Uh, you can, uh, of course, find all the links in our show notes, which will be very handy since everything's spelled crazily. Anyway, scary.net. Now, this is this really uh, affects people because of the motto of the website, which is children are scary. Period. Now here's That's the, all you need to the know. scariest part about all of this, of course, is the fact that uh, she says uh, she gets her experience. The, the story, of course, being about a small children child, she gets her experience from having worked in a preschool. Yes. Ooh. Katie Towell. Katie Towell is 24 years old. She lives in Los Angeles. Likes long walks on the beach. No. Uh, call me Katie. She, call me. <laughs> well, don't call. Don't call me Katie. But. Hey, Katie. Shut up. I don't know if I would want to know this chick because she doesn't have many animations on the website. There's only about three. But they're creepy. She just animates this little girl with these big, giant, adorable eyes. See this adorable, cute little girl? You want to give her candy. But then, of course, if you don't give her candy, she's just going to stalk you for a while and send, make your head explode. Yeah, send her hell demon out to eat you or whatever she does. Oh, exactly. I I really can't. I mean, aside from the fact that you know they look gorgeous, a lot of them are portrayed in a very old school, you know, noir kind of style, very Victorian look. Exactly the the animation, a very gothic look to it. The animation is fluid as hell. The sound is amazing. The music sets the mood. You've got a, an even voiced storyteller that just sucks you in. And then this little girl, and then these really scary things start happening around her, you know? It's it's almost as if they, they took Sissy Spacek out of Ooh. Carrie and put in somebody, a cute little girl. As opposed to somebody who looks like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> I was going to say, it's as if they took Sissy Spacek out and put in someone attractive. What were they thinking? <laughs> and I have to say, the, the scary.net, Katie did a fantastic job of it, because... It really it, it gives you the feeling, and I, I hate I hate to use this person's name because people just whitewash the gothic crowd with this guy's name. But Tim Burton, 
Hmm. Very, it, it had a very gothic feel. It had a very dark kind of feel. But to me, and I don't know about you, Rich, I didn't feel that creeped out about it. I, it reminded me very much of a Roald Dahl story, which were very, very, very dark. But in Roald Dahl stories, and it also seemed to apply here, is that in their world, it's only dark for everyone else around them. For them, it's just the way it is. You know. That's true. But see, you're not really, for me, I wasn't really put in the shoes of the young girl. <laughs> It was like, I am watching this because, you know, you've got the storytelling and everything, and you feel bad for the girl because she's ignored in one of them, or or, you, or actually in a couple of them she's ignored, uh, another one she's scared, she's nervous, um, but I feel bad for the girl, and then all these bad things start happening around her, caused by her, and that's what's creepy. Not only does the music set the mood and everything, because obviously I'm a very audio-oriented person, mm-hmm. So if you put in the right mix of, of music, I'm hooked, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like the mood is set, and you've got this melodic voice that's telling you the story, and it's done in such a sympathetic way to the character. And then you all you start to feel bad, and then these horrible atrocities start happening around her, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I feel bad for feeling bad for her, because she's like sending these hell demons to eat people, you know? <laughs> See, should I feel wrong for, like, not feeling bad about that at all? Because in some ways I was like, you know what? It served him right. <laughs> you heartless bastard. Well, no, there, there's the other side where, yeah, you could see how everybody just totally deserves everything that happens to him, but I still feel kinda, like... I'm kind of I'm kind of freaking out now because I'm like, oh, I, that, <laughs> it's, it's sort of like I stepped forward in the crowd and went, yeah, go. Gr-. Wait, nobody else is with me? Oh. You started the slow clap. That's right. Nobody, nobody clapped in. I'm just sitting here going. <laughs> well, see, here's the here's the other thing is that I have two girls that are cute, and Emily, and they're in my, my youngest, base. is. <laughs> it puts no. the lotion um, on its skin. <laughs> I've heard a music video where a song is done completely with his lyrics, and it's crazy. Anyway, wow. Uh, Emily, she will do something wrong and then try to be all cute and sweet about it. So I see the devious nature of being cute and sweet and what could lie behind that. Oh, and and the character's name in the show is Emmeline. That's right. Oh. So you see how it kind of hits close to home for me? You know, maybe you shouldn't (laughs) let her hang out with the hell demons anymore. Not really, not anymore, you know. Not since, Well, they've got their own bikes now, and so they're kind of riding around town. Not so close to Holowanica. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they feel that really acting out during this time of the year is kind of tacky, really. <laughs> so actually, now, now that we've been talking about Scary.net and, and, and how children can be scary, what scares you? This kind of is, is a great lead-in for our discussion mm. for the month, which is what what scares you? Ooh. What scares people? How is horror used in movies? And also very scary movies or movies that scare you. Well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, man, since... There's no one else here but us. I'll answer that. Uh, I was raising uh, my hand. Yes, Mr. Newton, go ahead. <laughs> I was raising my hand, but it's audio. No one could see. To, to me, the thing that has scared me the most, certainly there are many things that have creeped me out a little bit. If you watch the movie, you're a little weirded out afterwards. That's one kind of thing. But truly will unsettle me. Uh, anything satanic, anything uh, evil spirit, I, I can't watch it. I won't watch it. Like, I have never seen The Exorcist, and I won't. And I won't watch uh, Amityville Horror, and I won't watch The Shining. And there are filmmakers that blood just curdled in their veins because I said I won't watch The Shining. But it's true. It's anything that anything like that, 
I won't watch because I'm too afraid of, by watching that kind of thing, you almost attract that kind of energy to you, and I don't like to get involved with that, so... Well, that's a very ancient uh, religious belief also that uh, I, I know that quite a few Christian fundamentalists believe that, you know, things like Harry Potter or, which I know you have personal beliefs on Harry Potter, which I'll let you bring up in here in just one second. Um, Harry Potter <laughs> is the devil! Uh, <laughs> and and um, now the spirit is purged. <laughs> His house is clear. <laughs> um, I have hexed. Curse the demon. But there are a lot of beliefs that you create a conduit, or you give these uh, demons, uh, evil spirits, whatever, you give them a chance to enter in via this this portal by already setting the mood. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've heard various tales of that. Also, some of the incantations, Turn the symbols, the lights. They use um, in movies. That's what you know. They 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 use again as portals. They they can literally use these images um, of the satanic or what would be considered satanic uh, or evil symbolism. And I don't know how much I believe in 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 demons or whatnot. I just I guess it's one of the things where you, if it does exist, I don't want to attract the attention of it. And I think you're right in the sense of I think there could be a good argument made for the imagery and symbolism of demons and Satan, or, or, you know, any kind of darkness, because it's not the images, it's your thoughts. And if mm. your thoughts are in that particular vein, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to preach here, but I'm just saying, I, I could, that, that belief would say that if your thoughts are in that kind of vein, that's what's going to attract them. So hanging around with people that do that stuff or whatnot, I mean, that, that's, it's a possibility. Think kind of a guilty by association? Well, I mean, yeah, or yeah, you're, if if you ally your your thoughts to that, then that would kind of attract it. I, I'm right now. I'm sitting here by myself in a studio, an hour from home. So I'm I'm done with talking about that now. <laughs> I'm getting scared. No. I'm fine. Well, you know, it, it's funny you mentioned that uh, for you, it's uh, satanic things, which of course you know the devil, the greatest sign of evil that has ever existed. Don't even make the people. ironic reference. So I mean, you you have people that satanic imagery is the the key for them, whether from a religious upbringing or not. Mm-hmm. For other people, it can be children. You know, we we brought up scary.net, which for me, some of it it isn't scary so much, but you see. Uh, one of the heartbreaking scenes in any horror movie for me is in Pet Cemetery, the original. Oh one, yeah. When you've got the the guy from Time Tracks uh, and the little kid Cage, or Gage, I think it's Gage. I think it is and, Gage. Uh, and of course Tasha Yar, Denise Crosby. You but you've got the little kid and he's gone from the you know ankle biter to the very sweet uh, you know when the dad's sticks him with the needle and the kid's like no fair daddy no fair and it's it's like this little boy has come back you know and you know that the kid is going to die thanks to whatever the the injection was so there are times where it's it's so heartbreaking that it's creepy Mm. to where something that's used quite often in japanese horror which is children because that they are supposedly manifestors of paranormal activities, poltergeists always center around children uh, children that have had some kind of uh, abusive upbringing or some kind of a major shock to their system 
is enough to really influence any uh, poltergeists that are around them if you believe in, in, in ghosts and whatnot. See, that's interesting that um, you bring that up because the Hindus believe that children are... Uh, when your spirit is sent into this world to choose a body, you are the closest to the spirit world as a child. And the older you get, you move further and further away, but it's like a circle. You get to a certain point, and now as you start to age more and more, getting far older, you start to come mm. back closer towards the spirit world again. And then eventually you leave. And you go back to exactly. it. Exactly. So, so the idea of children being able to channel or attract spirits, I mean, it, it, it's, it certainly is supported in a lot of things. Isn't that funny? Ha ha ha! This is such a great comedy show. Uh, we've never built ourselves as comedy <laughs> when we're not funny. When we are funny, hell yeah, we're all about the Rock, laugh. We use the word rollicking. <laughs> and rollicking. That's man. right. It's a rollicking good time. <laughs> we got the F out. We're rollicking. That's right. Um, Get out the rum nog. It's Hollowanica, <laughs> baby. <laughs> but in Japanese horror movies, they use children a lot because whether they're closer to the spirit world or portals or just the fact that it looks extra creepy when on TV. I mean, go so, go so far as rent the grudge, Ringu, or of course The Ring, which, I'm sorry, The Ring is hands down one of the creepiest movies I have ever seen. Which is why you made me. a hilarious parody about it. Yes, exactly, which will be appearing at the end. Actually, it's not really a parody of The Ring. It's more a parody of something else. but uh, Something far more sinister. Exactly, but at the end of this episode will be an audio skit that was recorded a little while ago and, and uh, previously released called uh, The Ring. Other things yes. that are used, we mentioned uh, ghosts, spirits, zombies. I mean, we mentioned Zombified earlier, which mm -hmm. deals with zombies. Now, of course, you've got the greatest of the great, the George Romero classics, the Of the Dead series. Um, I don't really know what else to call them. Except the, the of the dead series. I love that. The, the of the dead. It series. just puts into so, you could do so many like cheesy Hollywood spinoffs. Shopping carts of the dead. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, it's like these, like, zombified Franken carts that's right. all stacked together, rolling around, running over people. Ten brains um, or less. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with with George Romero, which of course I just recently seen the last one, which I believe was Land of the Dead. Which everything about that was cool except for the end, because and, and let's give it away. <laughs> it's, well, it's not really. I mean, clearly you know that the hero is going to survive. That's just what happens. Anyway, the zombies completely storm one of the last strongholds of humanity, or there rather, there are strongholds all over. But Dennis Hopper, of course, uh, he gathers everybody to him. They get the tallest, nicest uh, hotel mall building uh, suites in the area. And, of course, much like all of the uh, of the dead movies before, they tend to take a single human trait and really expound on that and how it would be affected by this horrible, you know, Z-Day uh, zombie infection. Z-Bay? No, Z-Day. Oh, Z-Day. I thought you said yeah. Z-Bay, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, online if you need zombies. To buy zombies online. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Shop for brains online. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Dial-up ring. That's, that's and of course zombies would all have dial-up connections because they're because so slow. They're slow. That's right. Um, so in the uh, land of the dead, they focus on humanity's greed, and that caste systems will even prevail in 
times of extreme uh, problems, extreme disaster. And so Dennis Hopper, you know, he only lets who he feels is, is good enough into his citadel while he makes everybody else live out in these slums in what is ba basically an abandoned city mm -hmm. because, you know, the, the zombies had taken over at one point in time and I guess they herded them out. Well, they had military people in there and whatnot. And, you know, you follow this one cat around and he, uh, he wants to get out of the business. He wants to just go away, go north, uh, get away from it all. Well, one zombie, because in each of these movies the zombies evolve they get a little bit smarter or the, you know they just learn and so at this point in time one of them has learned that to not be easily distracted by fireworks what what guns do and how to use them oh wow and also how to gather more zombies to him and then go actually uh fulfill some purpose as opposed to what they'd been doing, which was going back to whatever they did in their natural life, which, of course, is what Dennis Hopper does. Although drugs, I think, had a bigger... Yeah, uh, it's a zombie coming-of-age story. Really. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, you know, boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy loses an arm, girl picks up arm. So they, at the very end, you know, the, the zombies have taken over the city, overrun it, eaten ha everybody out there, a small pocket of resistance that gets out. Well, the zombies, they're done with the city, and they're moving on to the next one. They're just marching off. Well, our hero stops. He sees them, and he, of course, the zombie stops, and he takes out his binoculars and looks out there. And the lead zombie just kind of stops, looks over at him, and it's almost like they're, they're meeting eyes, and there's a mutual respect between warriors. And, of course, he's got missiles in his truck, and one of the guys is like, sir, should we blow him up? He's like, no, let him go. They're just trying to, they're just like us, trying to find their own way. And I'm thinking, trying to find their own way to a bunch more victims. Yeah, there I you mean, go, what, buddy. What? They're just like way us, to, trying to feast on living brain. <laughs> what? <laughs> way to condemn an entire city of people, because now guess what? Not only are they organized... They're evolved. They're armed. <laughs> Look, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm certain uh, that, that uh, Dennis Hopper had some point in his time where he thought eating brains was okay. So that's probably where that was. Well, judging by some of his other movies and the characters he's played, it wouldn't surprise me. There you go. But, oh, uh, it, it, you know, it was one of those movies where everything was phenomenal, much like uh, Final Cut, where everything is phenomenal all the way up to the end. And then the director, writer, whoever the hell did it, did, pulled some jackass move. That's just like, okay, here's the happy ending for everybody. Because remember, the zombies are, j are people, too, who happen to like eating other people. Right. So, and, you know, zombie victims are people, too. <laughs> but they just happen to be the people eaten by the zombies who wanted to be people who want to eat people. So, you know, hey, it's, it, it all works out, man. Everybody's happy. Except the, for the, the victims. The, the main hero is happy. The zombies are happy. But, come on, victims? Well, who do you care? But actually, no, the best part, if you get a chance, get the DVD for one reason only. Because there is a segment called When Sean Met George. It, of course, is Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. Writer slash actor slash director of uh, Shaun of the Dead. And they got to meet George Romero, who was a huge fan of Shaun of the Dead. Matter of fact, wore an, a button that had Shaun of the Dead on it, as well as a 40... Uh, electronic name tag with his name on oh, it. Oh, wow. Where every day on the shoot. 
they you you know they carried a camera crew with them uh, before they met him, when they met him, and then of course during their their uh, cameos in the movie where they play, <laughs> and which is so funny, they play zombies that are chained to the wall inside of a club where you can go and get your picture taken with a zombie. Oh wow! Which is such it, it is such a wonderful insert from something that would have happened after Z Day in Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> I mean, Helen, Shaun of the Dead, what they have, they had uh, zombie games where, you know, they've got some American Gladiator-style games going <laughs> on. they got zombies, like, chasing after, you know, fresh meat that's just hanging out there. Oh, it's... But anyway, if you get a chance, I mean, especially the DVD, even if it's for that one moment, because it's about a 45-minute uh, little behind-the-scenes thing, and just to see Edgar Wright, who, you know, great direct, phenomenal director... Uh, having fun, uh, getting to hang around, you know, the greatest uh, horror director ever, as well as Simon Pegg, who just absolutely giddy. I mean, I've never seen a more fanboy moment than, you know, when he's talking about getting to meet George. And it's so funny to see these guys that, you know, I would have the same reaction for if I met him, <laughs> doing it for somebody else, so... I have just as we've been talking about this, I've thought of a great idea for a new zombie mm-hmm. movie. What you have to do is this is the hard sell. You gotta get Tom Hanks. <laughs> just ride with you have to get Tom Hanks and you have to get Antonio Banderas and you have to restage Philadelphia with zombies. Dude, I would so watch that movie, man, I'm telling you. I think that would be awesome. A- am I being fired? Well, not exactly fired, no. Is this because I'm a zombie? Uh, would you would you get Springsteen to do the theme song to that though? Yeah, give me give me give me a Springsteen go. <clears throat> On the streets of Zombie Philadelphia, da da da, ba, da 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 da. I don't know the rest of the lyrics. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I just know the streets of Philadelphia, and that's it. But if we call it the streets of Zombie Philadelphia, there you go. And then we we'll, we'll just have all kinds of like, and we we can get uh, Denzel Washington back, and he'd be like, "You're prejudiced against zombies, aren't you?" No, I'm not prejudiced against zombies. <laughs> <laughs> as, as he's like, that's right. Don't yeah. you gnaw on me, zombie Tom Hanks? That's right. Don't you gnaw <laughs> on me, zombie Tom Hanks? That is the quote from this film today, from this episode today. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Now here it is. Here's how you have to put it on the show. It has to be the Halloweenica episode. Don't you gnaw on me, zombie Tom Hanks, and let it ride. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me type that. Okay, that, that, that's the title of the show. Okay? That's it. Don't you know on me, zombie time? That's right. That could that could totally work. Don't you? And it would explore so many great issues of racism amongst black people and zombies. <laughs> you could you could do a civil war film where black black people and zombies were enslaved together. So you know the first black troop that was in Glory. Actually, after they're killed, they rise back up and fight as again. zombies. That's it. it. We so would have won the Civil War if we'd done that, that. There you go, bud. That's that's a touching human, unhuman drama. <laughs> but enough of, enough of that, my Yankee friends. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we've we've kind of talked a little bit about what scares us, uh, the various forms of monsters and ghouls that are out there. Good. So if you get a chance, swing by our boards. Tell us a little bit about what scares you. Uh, start up a little conversation about it. We'd love to hear about it. Now, we are going to go to some trailers and commercial bits. Mm-hmm. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Sledgecore TV. We've also got an interview with Mike Ensley. The fantastic gentleman from NightmareTheater.com. And that's theater spelled British and intelligent. Theatry. Theatry. Dot com. <laughs> and, of course, after that, 
one of my personal favorite things I've ever found online, the Tales from the Seeing Ear Theater, Tales from the Crypt. You are listening to Requiem of the Outcast. For more information and show notes, visit requiemoftheoutcast.com. Throughout the galaxy, one name is synonymous with truth. He is held as the Empire's greatest example. Among troopers, he is legend. In these times of galactic strife, his is the voice of reason and of truth. You have got to be f***ing kidding me. You've heard the Star Wars saga from the Rebel side. Now hear the truth, wisdom, and infinite fortitude from decorated war hero, Sand Trooper TD-0013. No, seriously, who wrote this sh- A different point of view, part of the Dragon Page Winging It podcast, available at www.dragonpage.com. There's something awkward about writing a promo for a show. Doing the show, no problem. Write an essay, sit down, talk for a bit about what's on my mind, what's new in geekdom, throw out a game review or two, and then read the essay, which of course focuses on a geek topic. NPR wouldn't run it because they're too good. Not that I'm bitter. But the promo, that's the tricky thing. See, that's the time when you have to say, hey, listen to my podcast that's about half an hour long, has me talking geek to you, and ends with an essay that's also about geeky stuff. It's called Geek Foo Action Grip. People seem to like it. It's been around for several months, and there's no sign of it stopping. It's in the Podcast Pickle Hall of Fame and a proud member of the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. You can find it at www.geekfooactiongrip.com. And I don't know how to just come out and say that. I'll let you know if I come up with something. A ship with no crew falls towards the sun. One crew member has deserted. The other wakes floating deep in space with no memory of who she is or why she's there. The captain, trapped on the bridge's ceiling by intense G-forces, fights to remain conscious as the large craft tumbles end over end. With no escape and no way to stop this enormous craft, seven passengers struggle to reach ship's center as the saboteur among them murders them one by one. Bones burnt black. The powerful new science fiction novel by Stephen Ewan Cobb. Fast, literate, compelling. Bones Burnt Black. Ask for it at your favorite bookstore today. For years, sci-fi fans have toiled at making fan films, podcasts, and goofy flash animations to obscure techno music. They work hard. Give them their props. Watch, listen, and talk back. <clears throat> At planetfandom.com <laughs> If you'd like to drop us a line, visit us on the web at requiemoftheoutcast.com or visit our boards at galacticsenate.com. And now, back to the show. We're going to talk about something that's a personal favorite of mine. We're going to kind of slow it down a little now, apparently. We're going to speak about the lovely Kelly Ford. Now, why would you ask? Why would you ask Kelly Ford? 
She's a gothic pinup model. Gothic pinup model. Beautiful. Sexy as a mother. And of course, to all the geeks out there, she does her own website and does it well. She web calls like a shut your mouth. She has an entire media empire underneath her hands. Dominatrix of the web. Everything from websites to photo galleries, and you know what kind of photo galleries I'm talking about, guys. She's got it covered, but it's also uncovered. She's also got a comic book starring her that she made. Wow, I'm actually starting to get turned on. I can't even sing anymore. I know. My lord. And and here's the thing, why she's on the show. Aside from being a, a, a phenomenal gothic pinup model, mm-hmm. she started... Sludgecore TV. Now, you might be asking, what is Sludgecore? SludgecoreTV.com is a website where every Saturday night at 11.30, mm-hmm. you can go to get your B-movie horror sci-fi groove on with Callie Ford. Now, see, Callie Ford, what she has done is she has noticed that there was a need for those, those B-movie schlock uh, horror hosts... Yeah, the kind of stuff that Elvira used to do. Oh, yeah. And she found a need, and she realized, well, if nobody else is doing it, why couldn't she? Now, she offers all of her shows available for free. You can only watch them live. She sells the the archives on her site. You can buy them on DVD. But she does have a... the very She has the very first episode available for free download. It's, it's what you would expect. You've got a good-looking gal in a bikini on a couch... And then she intros the movie, and then they play a movie, a la MST3K, although not as much, you know, during the movie fun. But they do stop the movie occasionally for brief intermissions, and then they do some pretty funny, goofy skits or mockings of the movie. Um, and then, of course, they play, get right back to the movie. And uh, like I said, Saturday night, 1130 SludgecoreTV.com. Is it every Saturday? I believe so. Although I think it's a fairly new uh, gimmick that she's doing, so uh, there might be some replays every so often. Cool. But uh, like, as a matter of fact, as of the as of Halloween, there's going to be a replay of the very first episode, um, mainly because I, I think she's busy doing other things. Every week there should be a, a new episode, and. I saw it, and you know what? I love goofy horror stuff and goofy humor, and so for me it was right up my alley. So if you get a chance, uh, sledgecoretv.com, and you can see the Tromet in action. Um, Also, the website will be in our show notes. That's unbelievable. We have actually really gotten good at segues now, because this segues precisely into the next thing we were going to talk about, which is uh, recently, as in just... A little while ago, I did an interview with the fabulous Mike Ensley, who hosts Nightmare Theater at Nightmare Theater or NightmareTheatry.com. <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what they do. They host a fantastic show called Nightmare Theater. Uh, him and uh, him and in his character as Baron Mondo Van Doren, a minor demon from hell whose uh, contributions to evil include the new Coke, <laughs> uh, he managed Millie Vanilli, and the Olsen twins. <laughs> So he he lo- he loves uh, Twin Hell basically. He, that's what that's his thing. That's how he rolls. Him and along with his companion, the uh, El Sapo de Tempesto, which is Spanish for 
Well, I won't tell you. I'll let Mike tell you. But basically, he's a fantastic guy, and he's done very well with his show. He's syndicated now in eight states, and he's going to be featured on Spike TV, or rather, has already been featured on Spike TV October 29th. Next thing coming up here will be Mike Ensley from Nightmare Theater telling you a little bit about how you can do your own cable syndicated show. And after that interview, we'll have a few trailers, and we'll be right back with more after that. Hey guys, and welcome. This is Earl Newton from Record of the Outcast, and I am here today with Baron Mondo Van Doren. He's a minor demon from hell, and he hosts, along with El Sapo de Tempesto, a show called Nightmare Theater, which can be seen in Pensacola as well as many other places all across the country. Baron, welcome to Record of the Outcast. Well, thank you very much, Earl. I just want to uh, ask you a couple of questions, if you don't mind, because obviously, Baron, what we do here on the show is we talk a lot about independent media. We do a lot of stuff about things of a sort of a counterculture nature, and you guys are definitely right in the middle of that. If you don't mind my asking, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into Nightmare Theater. Well, let me just say that I've had a long and illustrious career of evil. Um, you know, I started out, uh, one of my first projects was New Coke, and that went over really well with everyone. Uh, that was a major coup for me. And then I managed to, you know, skyrocket Millie Vanilli to fame. We all know how that turned out. Absolutely. So I went one day and decided, you know, I love bad movies. I love making people suffer by watching bad movies. So I figured there had to be a way that I could get that out there to the public to make them more aware of what pain could be caused by such things. So I said to El Sapo, my manservant, who is a horrible reject, who is not worth a damn, who... Uh, and, uh, anyway, I said to him, <laughs> let's do a TV show. Okay, well then let me ask you a little bit about it. First of all, you touched on El Sapo. El Sapo did him pesto. Obviously not Polish. What does that mean? Um, I think it means the furious frog. He was, he was a luchador, a Mexican wrestler, uh-huh. but he was one of the worst that ever competed, and I, I kind of took pity on the poor guy. That's decent for a hell demon, I have to say. You, I mean, did you get in trouble for that? or? Well, no, at, le- at least I knew I could kick him around when I needed to. <laughs> okay, so it, was, so it was all for sort of masochistic purposes, or sadistic purposes, rather. Oh, yes. Fantastic. How many of these shows have you done so far? Oh, I don't even know. I'm sure it's getting close to... 50 or 60 now. They're public domain films. Although in the last few years, we have branched out and begun to show, um, you know, independently produced films as well. Some of those aren't so bad. Some of them are pretty bad. But, <laughs> but most of them are pretty good. Well, I'll tell you what, Baron, I appreciate it so much. If I could, I believe uh, you have your associate there, Mike Ensley, as well. He's kind of done a lot of your producing and things like that. Can I speak to Mike? Yeah, one of, one of my lackeys. Hold on, I'll see if I can find him. Okay, great. Um, hello? Mike? Yeah. Hi, Mike. I was just talking to the Baron. Oh, uh, is this Earl? Yeah, Earl. Oh. Mike, how's it going? I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? I haven't seen you since Mobicon. Exactly. How's things been up with you? Oh, it's been great. Well, you know, we've been doing a lot of stuff with Nightmare Theater and the Baron. Um, you know, he's not the best guy to work for, but what, I mean, what are you going to do? Working for him is hell, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But, um, anyway, Mike, uh, we just want to talk a little bit about your show, especially, and kind of get some information out there for folks that are interested in starting uh, uh Basically, well, let, let me define it a little bit more. You guys basically run a uh, show that is run on, is it is it public access cable? Is it a local cable? How, what's the difference there? We work on least access here least because access. we don't really have any public access. We have um, UWF-TV locally, with, but they only allow you 30 minutes a month. So we actually buy the time that we um, put on the show, although it's very, very inexpensive. So that's what the way we do it. So like, start from the beginning. Let's pretend that uh, I want to do a least access cable show, what do I need to do to get that on the air? Because we have a lot of listeners. One of the things we do, of course, is uh, talk with independent media guys. And so, so if I want to do that, how do I do it? 
Well, first of all, you don't want to do it because it's a lot of work and there's no pay involved. <laughs> but, okay. But, um, no, if you want to do it, I mean, I would say um, get your ideas together. That's the main thing. I mean, when um, Chip, a.k.a. El Sapo, and I started, mm-hmm. um, we just really were fans of Mystery Science Theater 3000. We were big fans of the horror hosts of the past, people like Vampira and Zachary and Elvira. Sure. And we saw ways of doing comedy. I mean, we've done a lot of independent media before. We had a radio show when we were in college. We published a magazine on and off for 10 years. And um, so we just decided that we wanted to do a TV show, and we thought that the horror host gig was the best way for us to do it. So we, we wrote down our ideas. We um, went to several different people. We approached you know local stations, local-only stations, and when we found the least access deal, we just figured that was the best bet for us. What does that run you for per minute, per hour? What's the cost for least access? Now, when we first started airing, it was running us something like $250 for a two-hour show. Ooh. Um, so we actually went out and sold ads, made them, you know, produced them, put them together, and that's how we paid for the show for a while. Since we've been there a while and they've gotten to know us better, mm-hmm. we've and we've actually moved our time slot to a little later. Mm-hmm. I think we're now paying something like fifteen dollars a show. Oh my God! Yeah, so it's not not terribly expensive. There is a lot of legal mumbo jumbo involved, and we had to get some insurance and all that kind of stuff. Like what kind of insurance? Would you have to- um, there's like a liability insurance, so that in case the station, you know, in case we get sued, the station won't be involved. Okay, so just the distance yourself, because obviously you guys are doing some. I mean, this show is based out of Pensacola, Florida, which, if you don't know, is the buckle of the Bible Belt. I can see where you might have some worry on the part of the cable owners, thinking, well, you know, it's a show about hell. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's never even been a problem, though. It's really strange. I don't think people take it seriously enough to get offended because we're so goofy. Yeah. Because the show is such a comedy show. Oh, yeah, there's no question on that. But the um, but the, the main thing, the one time that the stations asked us to change something is we had um, a burlesque dancer that we had filmed at the drive-in in Atlanta. Uh-huh. And she was twirling her tassels and asked us if we could cut that out. So we did have to cut that out. <laughs> so we're waiting on the director's cut DVD, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, okay, so how could they charge you two? $150, and now all of a sudden it's $15. Is it really, is it that much of a sort of a handshaking, good old boys kind of network, or how does that work? Um, not really. What it, um, what it all boiled down to is the rates went down because they had a lot more stuff come on the channel. Actually, after we came on, a lot of local people started getting involved, mm-hmm. and so there was a lot more stuff because basically the channel sells infomercials, right? Right. I mean, you know, John Baysdow will be on, oh, yeah. Ron Pope Heal, those kind of folks are He's on. He's a pain in my abs. Right. And so, but then a lot of, for some reason, after we came on, a lot of churches got involved. There was a wrestling <laughs> show for a while. There was a karaoke show. After, after, wait, wait, go back, go back. After you came on, a lot of churches got involved. Oh, yeah, our, our lead-in is the New Dimensions Worship Center often. <laughs> it really wow. works out nice. That's you go right from the, the church right into the satanic show. It's beautiful. <laughs> So that's got to be, the church is going, please turn off your television now. Yeah, it's very, very odd. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I'm, I'm assuming, were they trying to just, like, counterbalance you so that, you know, we've got we've to get the Lord on the channel? I don't know what their thoughts are. <laughs> and legally, I cannot I cannot comment. Anyone who is interested, by the way, can go to nightmaretheater.com, and it's spelled Nightmare Theater the smart way, which is T-H-E-A-T-R-E. Correct. That's right. We're all the, the way British people do. Now, is it true you are on? You are syndicated, basically. Yes. There's, there's a group of horror people who do this all around the country. Other horror hosts, mm-hmm. and we've formed a loose association called the Horror Host Underground. Mm-hmm. And basically, what happens is we just send out tapes to other people who sponsor the shows in their market, and they put them on public access there. And we've even done that here. We've even, you know, bought the time to put people on 
other than ourselves. I think two years ago at Halloween, we did a marathon from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. where we just showed nothing but horror hosts from around the country. When you say the horror host, that's not just the host, but also the show, whatever movie they're showing. Right, right. It's their actual shows from other places. Now, is this something that you had to do in order to get syndicated? Where are you syndicated at, by the way, so in case we have fans? Um, we're all over the place. Eight states. I mean, we're in... Um, You're in eight states. Tell yeah, me Yeah, we're in Virginia. We're on one of the biggest cable systems in Fairfax County, Virginia there. We're uh -huh. on in Illinois, Aurora, Illinois. We've got Aurora. a lot of affiliates in Cleveland, around the Ohio area. There's a lot of Dayton, Ohio, places like that. Big fans in the Midwest, huh? Oh, yeah. Ohio is the mecca of horror hosts. I mean, there are literally probably 20 people operating there right now as horror hosts. Are you serious? Well, one of the greatest hosts of all time, Goulardi, came out of Cleveland. Uh, Ernie Anderson, who's actually the father of the filmmaker P.T. Anderson. Uh-huh. He was Goulardi, and he was the voice of ABC for a long time. He did America's Funniest Home Videos in, in the early days with Bob Saget. Right. He was the voiceover guy. Oh, that gentleman. Yeah, I yeah. do know who you're talking about. Tonight on the America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah, exactly. And he was Goulardi, who, who encouraged people to stay sick and turn green. <laughs> and was, he wore a fright wig and a, an eye patch, and he blew up a lot of stuff on the show with firecrackers and... He called people purple myths. He was awesome. He was great. Was there any kind of paperwork you had to do in order to get on to the cable shows? Oh, yeah. We have, we have to sign a contract every year basically stating that we won't do anything illegal or and, and that we, we will air shows every month and that sort of thing, and that we won't use any copyrighted music or, or you know copyrighted films or whatever without written permission from the people that we get the films from. So where do you get your music? Um, we've actually worked with a lot of bands. Um, our theme song is by a band called Johnny and the Shaman, who are no longer together, but they were out of Mobile, Alabama. And our closing theme is by a band called Ghoul Town, who are from Texas, who are really, really good, and they're still together. Well, we've had everybody. I mean, we've contacted a lot of people. We've met a lot of people. I mean, Alice Cooper did the intro to our first show. Alice uh, Cooper willingly did an intro? Oh, yeah. He did a, he did a great intro, actually. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we go to a lot of conventions and stuff. We've been everywhere from, obviously, Mobicon over in Mobile to sure. DragonCon in Atlanta, Cinema Wasteland in Cleveland. I mean, one of our shows was actually introduced by Elvira, which was a big deal to me. Wow. I totally know where that's coming from, because I, I, although I haven't followed the horror host as much as, obviously, you guys have, I definitely have to a degree, and Elvira, my goodness, she's the goddess of the, of the horror host underworld. Yeah, I mean, a lot of horror stars. I mean, we've had, you know, Sid Haig and Bill Mosley from House of a Thousand Corpses, and... Um, you know, Richard Keel from all the James Bond movies. So Jeff Conaway did one for us, formerly of Taxi and then Babylon 5. Let me ask you just a couple more questions. I'll let you go. First of all, uh, the show obviously is doing well. For example, let me, I want to mention this before I go too much further. You guys have already been on Spike TV by the time that this, uh, the show airs. You guys will have been on Spike TV. It was October 29th at uh, 6 p.m. for the Ghouls Gone Wild weekend. Now, I have to ask you, tell me about that, and tell me your, your part in that. Um, well, we, we just received an email from producer at Spike TV asking if we would be interested in doing something with them, and, of course, we said yes, because it's national television. Yeah. And that, I mean, obviously, the goal, you know, the goal has never been to do anything. I, I mean, I don't think I've had any great expectations for the show. I just <laughs> want to have fun. It's our hobby, and we have a good time with it. I mean, obviously, we get, you know, excited when people really respond to the show, and I can tell you in the last year, uh, recognition has really started to pick up because of people like Mobicon and us doing our shows at the Silver Screen. We did a whole month at the Silver Screen here in Pensacola of Friday and Saturday night horror films, and we've had a lot of people turn out and say, yes, we like your show, and we, we come out to support you at the films and that kind of thing. But um, Spike called us and they, uh, or emailed us first and said, can you send us a tape? We want to see what you do. And apparently they did that with a lot of the horror hosts from across the country. Um, and then we got an email back saying, 
we really like what you do. Would you be interested in shooting something? And I said, sure. And then the lady gave me a call, and we shot some bits. I think we shot uh, a minute-long bit, several 30-second bits, some 15-second bits. And she called me today and said that we got the we're the only ones that got a one-minute bit. So we'll be introducing the whole Ghouls Gone Wild weekend come wow. Saturday night. So did they give you... Did they give you a script? Did they give? I mean, this is obviously big time. This is Spike TV. This is national television. Did they give you a uh, a script? Did they give you any kind of guideline, or did they just say, "Do what you do. We like what you do." It was both. They gave us a, a script saying, "These are the points we want you to hit, but do it your own way." Congratulations on oh, that. That's, thank you. Now I know you guys don't. I have never said you were going to do this for money, but but do you see this going anywhere in the future? Well, that's what we're going to try to do. I mean, we're going to go in and talk to 15 and 44, pitch the idea of the show, and say, look, you know, we'll do it for free. You you put us, you give us, you know, three four episodes to see if anybody's going to watch. No, you we'll, say 15, 44. Oh, yeah. oh, channels 15 or 44. Yeah, 15 and 44. And then say, you know, give us a chance, let us see. You know, we, we get a lot of promotion. You know, show them our press kit, which is huge now. And um, Now, what do you put in a press kit, for example? I just put all the clippings from the newspaper stuff is what we have in ours. So yeah, we have we have a, a sheet up um, in the front that talks about the show and, what, you know, our history and all that. But everything else is just clippings from newspapers, magazines. I mean, we've been interviewed by, you know, the Monster News and Scary Monsters Magazine and, a lot of people like that, and then there's a lot of clips from the news journal. And independent news has been really, really supportive. They're really been cool to us. So. Well, that's definitely what we were trying to do here, man, for sure. Uh, so, so uh, you really, uh, I mean, I've I've always been a big fan of you guys, and uh, you guys did Plan Nine from Outer Space. You've done Night of the Living Dead. You've done Texas Chainsaw Massacre. These are all films that not only are fun to see, but if you haven't gotten a chance, guys, anyone who is in the the Florida Pensacola area, if you haven't had a chance to go check out. The Nightmare Theater showings, the Silver Screen Theater, you have got to go because the environment, it's just like a convention, only there's no, en- I mean, there's tickets, but there's no entrance fee, and you get to hang out with people, and it's just fun. I want to ask you one more question, uh, Mike, and I'm going to let you go. Of course, coming back to the fact that the people who are listening to this show primarily are going to be independent media creators. They're really big on that, and, and we all are. I mean, we're all doing it one way or another. So my question for you is, this is probably the most important part of any media project if you're trying to get it out to people, and that's promotion. What have you guys done? What kind of ideas would you have for people who wanted to get started in this kind of avenue? What kind of promotion things would you suggest they, they take on? Um, I'm a heavy promoter. I mean, I, I'm definitely a big-time self-promoter. I'm doing this interview with you right now. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I've, I've um, you know, newspapers, we have a really great relationship with both of the Daily newspaper, the Pensacola News Journal, and the Independent News, which is the Independent Weekly. Mm-hmm. We both we have a great relationship. We built up good relationship with them. Um, the TV stations of this Halloween, actually, like I said, in the last year we've increased our. I think the Silver Screen shows, the live shows. If you can get out there and be live somewhere where people can come and see you, and I think you know, obviously, Mobicon is a good example of mm-hmm. something like that. But we've um, the live shows that we've done at the Silver Screen. Our our audience has increased greatly because we just promote ourselves the whole time there. And like I said, the TV stations. They ran a bit last week on Shocktoberfest that we've done at Silver Screen. It's just write a press release. Get your little book on writing a press release, or even now on the Internet, how to write a press release, and people will respond. Well, I'll tell you what, Mike. I, I appreciate your time and your experience so very much here. There's a lot of people out there that have those kind of dreams, and that's one of the biggest things is in media. You go into a bookstore, and you will see a, a virtual library of books on filmmaking, and you'll see books on screenwriting, and you'll see books on directing and editing, and all these various aspects of cinema. And you will very rarely see anything on television, especially in this genre specifically, which is a very unique one that you're working in. 
Uh, I just want to tell you, I appreciate your time so much today, Mike. And uh, if they want to get a hold of you, how can they find you? Um, just go to nightmaretheater.com, as we said, the, the fancy British spelling of theater. That's right. We, we want to make it clever and creative, and they certainly did that. Mike, I appreciate your time so much. And uh, tell the Baron and El Sapo I'll definitely be catching them up at the next screening. I will definitely do that. I appreciate it, Mike. Four out of five droids agree. <laughs> Requiem of the Outcast kicks ass. An evil black starship races through the time and space stream with one mission, to wreak as much havoc as possible. This is the ship of the evil mastermind Dr. Steve and his sock-shaped assistant, Fidget. The reviews are in, Fidget. The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd podcast is a hit. Oh, really? Yes, look at this. Five stars from podcastbunker.com. Four and a half stars from podcastreviews.net. Tracks up the tree calls the Dr. Floyd podcast laugh out loud funny and says it'll make a dreamer out of anyone who listens. PLPH Radio says Dr. Floyd is good for all ages and delivers the good. Well, yes, apparently we're one of the few podcasts that's fun for the whole family. You know, safe for kids, fun for adults and all that. It's even become a syndicated show on Godcast.org. There's only one problem. Well, none of these reviews mention how absolutely fantastic I am. So I guess I'm going to have to ramp up the evil then. The kid gloves are off. It's time to put the evil pedal to the metal and is several other cliches that mean I'm going to become even more evil until the reviewers stand up and take notice. <laughs> oh no, Dr. Steve has just promised to become even more evil than he already is. Will Dr. Floyd and his ragtag bunch of heroes be able to prevent Dr. Steve from causing more trouble throughout history? The only way to find out is to tune in each week to the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd. Brought to you via podcast by drfloyd.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-F-L-O-Y-D.com. New episodes of podcast every Sunday. Subscribe now and set your imagination to fun. Drfloyd.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-F-L-O-Y-D.com. We're back with another exciting installment of Interview with a Zombie. My guest today is the zombie formerly known as Bob. Bob, before the break, you were telling us about your love for the sci-fi podcast network, tsfpn.com. Why, yes, Bob, it certainly does have something for everyone. Well, of course you're a busy zombie. I mean, who isn't these days? That's why you're glad TSFPN has collected the best in podcasting all in one convenient place. Not until after you've finished your interview. Well, there you have it, folks. Straight from the zombie's mouth. TSFPN.com. The place for out-of-this-world entertainment. Now available for the first time on DVD, America's favorite comedy duo is back with all the fun. Yay, Kuluru! All the action. <laughs> and all the romance. Miss Dawson, you are a pedophile! It's Andy and Scott's Super TV Super Show. Volume 1, the first 10 episodes of all their Channel 101 hits, including the all-new, never-before-seen Vice Ghost. <laughs> That's one of my bits! But wait, there's more. Loaded with all new bonus features, including a deleted Harbor Team scene too hot for a five-minute show. This isn't for teens. isn't for teens. It's Andy and Scott's Super TV Super Show. Pick up your DVD today on the internet at andyandscott.com. All rights and restrictions apply. Offer valid only in contiguous United States. Void where prohibited. Did you like those commercials? If you'd like to have your project promoted on Roto, contact us at wreckingtheoutcast.com. 
and I return you to your regularly scheduled show already in progress. So that was that was Mike talking about his fantastic stuff. I think you guys really enjoy that, and we will probably, and this is all really depending on Rich, we'll probably have a longer extended version of that interview with more interesting things that he said about his uh, life as a professional wrestler <laughs> called The Gay Caballero. I won't tell you more. I'll <laughs> let that go. But uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Mike's a really great guy. What's next, friend of friends? Well, chum, our next segment is one of my personal favorites. This is something that I've been wanting to include in the show for a very long time now. It is something that Sci-Fi.com did a while ago, quite a few years ago, called Seeing Ear Theater. Mm -hmm. Now, what it is, it's audio dramas. Now, they've got quite a few in their just their sci-fi section, dealing with everything from uh, a court case with the devil to an elevator. Who plays the pole. devil's advocate? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. An elevator and a pole. Charlize Theron was the only good thing about that movie. Uh, Whoa. I'm the son of the <laughs> devil and a Christ figure. <laughs> Should I hate myself? Everything from starts from Mark Hamill to Kira Sedgwick, Bronson Pinchot. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, I meant stars. Uh, who else did they have? They had uh, Stanley Tucci, Paul Giamatti. They got great actors in there. They're all professionally produced. They're awesome. Now, here's where it really ties into this month's episode. They also did eight episodes of Tales from the Crypt, which has always obviously had a soft spot in my heart because I love quirky things. Mix quirk with horror. I'm in. I'm done. That's all, that's all I need. There are quite a few. There, like I said, there are about eight episodes uh, available, and you can reach the website at sci-fi.com slash set slash tales. Obviously, that'll be in the show notes. Now, I'm going to give you a quick idea of, of the kind of humor and the kind of stories that they have. Why is it that I must say e? I was checking your teeth to see if you were one of them. One of them? One of whom then? A vampire. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not a vampire. Hand me my bag over there. Oh, certainly. What do you mean, a vampire? Why would you think I was a vampire? Because this woman was killed by a vampire. Oh, that makes sense. And here I am, so of course... Ah, here is. Is there anyone around? I don't see anybody. What, what is that? A wooden stake. And what is that for what, please? That is for this! Oh! Oh, my God! Yeah. Oh, my God! Yeah. Oh, my God! Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Quiet! Now she won't become one of them. You just drove that pointy sharp stick through that lady's chest with your bare hands. It saves time fumbling for a hammer. In my line of work, time is of the essence. You drive pointy sharp sticks into dead bodies for a living? I am Dr. Egbert Flegel, world-famous mythologist and vampire hunter. Flegel? Oh, I heard about you. Mm. This has been a production of Sci-Fi.com's Seeing Ear Theater. The crypt is closed.
some of the actors that are in some of those uh productions. You've got John Ritter, Campbell Scott, Keith David, Oliver Platt, Luke Perry, Gina Gershon, Tim Curry. These are professionally acted, professionally mixed. What what ends up, the, the finished product is a lot of fun. So if you get a chance, check out the show notes, hit that site, listen to all of them. Now, of course, since we've covered audio, I want to throw in one more segment of audio, if I may, sir. May, sir. Thank you, sir. Now, Podcast of the Red Death is a podcast that's been around for a few months. And what it is, it's a podcast of recordings that this guy found. Now, these recordings are based on other recordings that were found by a professor in a library who found these writings, these journals, these recordings, and kind of tried to piece some of the clues together. Very Lovecraftian in in a way. So you get, I mean, granted, you do get things that are kind of three or four generations old (laughs) by the time they're actually podcast, but they are recordings and into this mystery. Think the tapes that were done in in, uh, Evil Dead that brought out the uh, the evil, uh, from the Necronomicon, and so, and this is kind of what you have, where very creepy, strange things happen uh, within this show. You can, of course, find it at red-death.blogspot.com. It'll also be in our show notes. And I really have to say that I thought that this was a brilliant idea. Although I do have to admit that when I first heard it uh, today, I was really pissed off at first. And here's why. Because I have been doing the exact same thing without knowing what podcast of the Red Death I had heard of it, but I had no idea what it was. But I have been doing the exact same things with various tape sets for the Mr. Adventure series. <laughs> um, where, as supplemental uh, information to the adventures, I've been taking in my character, uh, Doc, uh, Professor's, Professor Solomon Stone, I've been releasing supplemental journals that have been recorded on a reel-to-reel tape uh, so that way the audience members have not only something to listen to but also that they're finding out more information from these characters that they would only normally find out via a book and through exposition which of course doesn't really fit with uh, these. Of, of course you can find all of this at recommendtheoutcast.com forward slash pulp Exactly. Um, which, of course, that'll be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also going to be rearranging the website a little bit to where the very first page, when you go to requiemoftheoutcast.com, will be kind of a portal page. So it'll have uh, where you can click on a link and go to the forums. You can go to the Roto site. You can go to uh, Pulp, uh, Campfire Tales, or Mr. Adventure. And one thing that I did want to bring up about Mr. Adventure is that it is not only uh, playing via its own podcast, uh, which is available on the site, but also it's playing on Dragon Pages Winging It. Now, what Winging It is, it is a variety show that they record weekly. It has TD0013, A Different Point of View, which is hilarious. Think of what I recorded a while back with The the Rebellion is Evil, The Empire is Good, uh, that series. But this is all stuff that Kevin, he hadn't even heard what I was doing when he did his stuff, and his stuff is far superior. It's really funny. I've been dying to uh, to play them uh, when we were more Star Wars-themed, and um, we, we just never got around to actually getting to play it. And, of course, I, I went ahead and recorded those other ones, so you know he doesn't want to seem like he was ripping them off because his stuff is just so much funnier, so I don't know what he'd be worried about. But anyway... <laughs> um, <laughs> 
but uh, they also have a segment from Jack Mangan. They, but they've also got uh, Mer Lafferty. Every week she records a separate uh, essay from aside from her Geek Fu Action Grip uh, podcast. And it's all sci-fi based. Uh, it, they also drink a little beer while they're while they're talking about whatever's going on in uh, sci-fi and uh, whatnot. And it ends up being one of the funniest podcasts that's out there. The other thing that I was going to bring up, which of course you can find at dragonpage.com, but it brings up uh, switchedonshow.com, which is a podcast that I have also been uh, appearing on via promos that I've recorded for them, which actually they liked so much that they want me to do more. So I am very flattered by those guys, and I will be recording more uh, for them. In segments that I am eventually going to be putting on this show, which will be dramatic interpretations of famous cinematic monologues and dialogues brought to you by Arnold Schwarzenegger, William (laughs) Shakespeare, and Sean Connery. So well, that reminds me. By the way, I I I, I forgot to tell you this. Um, I'm yes. up for a student academy award. No kidding. What for? No, I'm not. But all the stuff you said was sounded so cool. I'm just like, <laughs> I uh, I've been I got, got a I got a car. <laughs> well, I've been working my ass off too. Now, sir. Yes. Oh. You, sir, have been working your ass off. I have indeed. On sins of the mother. Uh, in fact, that which be will win out you soon as well. Which will win you many awards. Which, of course, you'll find out more information as progress is completed. Weekly updates forthcoming. Of course, you can find those at southernronin.com. You can find more from me, Rich Sigfret, at requiemoftheoutcast.com. Of course, I've been rearranging the site around a little bit, so you've got some new features, some new stuff, um, as well as... Once I get the uh, the front page done of the website, you'll find a portal to all of the projects that I'm a part of. Sir, I believe that our show is concluded here today. I, it is. I'd like to say happy Halloweenica to everyone. Yes, happy Halloweenica to everyone. Uh, please. Get your rum nog out, staple your socks to the walls, and just hope that Santa Claus doesn't know what you're doing those late, Ex- late nights when you're exa- by yourself. <laughs> Um, I think there are different degrees of naughty that you can get away with. <laughs> but please, if you get a chance, go to our boards, requiemoftheoutcast.com slash forums. You can also find links to it on the website. And talk about your Halawanica experiences this year. The, uh, the best Halawanica experience will receive a Halawanica Christmas card. Yes, we a Halawanica Christmas card. We'll send well, that- you a Halawanica card. Well, no, it has to be a Halloween Christmas card because Halloween is such a new holiday. We don't actually have our own yet. We're just going to scratch off Christmas <laughs> and put Halloween there. We we will do one. We will make if somebody gives us a great answer, we will send them a Halloween card. Now, folks, this is not like the girls of the Requiem of the Outcast calendar. <laughs> this is something that we'll actually do. In which I got to say, the calendar, uh, most of the plans have kind of been called off on that since we haven't really gotten enough contributions. We don't have Look, enough I chicks. I sent you a whole photo spread, and you I've, said no. I know. I've got a few hot chicks, and I've got a few scary guys, but that's just not <laughs> enough. We need that's more. That's not the right ratio. You have a few hot chicks and many, many scary guys. Exactly. Noticing why the calendar hasn't been made yet? That's right. So, 
Because right now, if we were if we were to release it, it would have to be the girl of Roto Calendar, and that just doesn't have the same ring, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, go to our boards and uh, you know, hey, best uh, whether at uh, GalacticSenate.com dot com or uh, the boards at RequiemoftheOutcast.com, and the winner of the the best Holowanka experience will get a Holowanka Christmas card. That's right. Sent to your house. <laughs> If you give us your address. Because don't forget, children, and this is one of the most sacred Holowanica traditions, that's false promises. False promises are key at Holowanica time. <laughs> and I mean that. I promise. The expectation is its own reward. That's right. <laughs> Guys, happy Holowanica. Happy Holowanica, everybody. We're out. So have you seen this movie yet? What movie? You know, the one that everybody keeps dying after they watch it. Really? No, no, no. This one's good. Right after you watch it, your phone rings, and a voice says, Seven days. Real spooky sounding. Are you sure that was Geely? Yeah, trust me on this. Well, then why the hell do you want to watch it? Are you stupid? You know if we watch it, we'll have to embark on some kind of adventure to solve someone's death to make sure we don't die. And I can't because I have to work tomorrow. What's wrong? Are you a chicken? No, I'm being realistic. Besides, we'll just pull out the mask of whoever the scary pirate ghost is and find out it's old man Withers who runs a broken-down amusement park. You suck. You know it's not true. Come on. It's only like 15 minutes long. Well, all right. 15 minutes, huh? Where'd you get it? Blockbuster. I got their one movie for one night for a $10 deal. Cool. I'll get the popcorn. 15 minutes later. Whoa, I was right. That did suck. <gasps> You don't think. Nah, nah, nah. Couldn't be. You get it. Screw that. Let the machine get it. That's why we have voicemail. Hi, we're not in right now, but if you could please leave a message, we'd appreciate it. Hello, we're calling to confirm that you ordered a pizza. Oh, I forgot about dinner. Quick, pick it up. Yeah, yeah, we still want the pizza. Seven days. What? Oh, you... You said a pizza, son of a... What's wrong? It was a voice saying seven days. What are we going to do? Well, we're screwed. I can't go on an adventure because of work, and so I'll just, uh, I think I'll just go work on the will. Oh, this happened in the movie I saw. How do you spell estate? Oh, what did they do? Hey, do you think Pete still wants my Leonard Nimoy autographed Frodo still lives button? I got it. I remember. They made copies of it. Do you think it'll work? It must have. They're working on a sequel. All right, well, quick, hand me the movie. I'll toss it in the computer to make a copy. Here you go. Oh, no. What's wrong? Oh, oh crap, this can't be happening. What's wrong? I can't duplicate it. It's copy protected. No! <laughs> Damn you's Digital Millennium Copyright Act! Damn you's all to hell! Hello, I'm here to tell you all about the horrors of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. It was created so you couldn't make legal copies of your DVDs and CDs. Please, email your congressman your opinion, and don't let your face be melted off by the ghost of a girl with weird psychic powers.
have a happy, 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 happy Hanukkah. Have a happy, happy, happy. You're supposed to join in, you unceremonious bastard. I don't know the words. Um, I'm dreaming, dreaming of a just like the ones we just made up. May your stocking get observed and maybe filled up. <laughs> and may your wish be fulfilled and all this horror will finally stop. <laughs> Happy Halloween, I'm out.